Hej och välkommen till Bakom Ridå. En podd för fin och fulkulturella människor. Hur är läget Maria? Alltså det... <laughs> Nej, no, helt okej. Okay. Ja. Det har varit en sån här käftsmällstart på det här året, mm. verkligen. Eh, och sen så har jag precis att bråkat med vår skrivare i typ en kvart. Det är alltid kul. Det känns som att jag hade ett kärnvapenkrig mot den. Jag förlorade. Men eh, jag mår ganska bra ändå. Bra. Hur är det själv? Det är bra. Jag är väldigt, väldigt trött. Jag har jobbat väldigt, väldigt mycket över liksom, det här med att folk är lediga över jul och nyår. Som jag var. Nej, hände ju inte. Eh, men annars är det bra. Mm. And this episode is quite special because it's going to be an international one. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we have a guest. Welcome Catherine Leroux. Hello. Welcome. Hello. So I'm lovely. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All the way from Stockholm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stockholm <laughs> representing. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. I came from Hagerstan, okay? Oh, like, oh my god, that's sorry. Far. That's far. Hagerstan. Know, like Don't mess with the Hagerstan. Minutes. Yes. Door to door. Yeah. Uh. Long trip. I know. I feel your pain. Yes. You know? mm. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you're you're, so you're born and raised in Denver. I'm born and raised in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Oh, Colorado Springs. But Denver is usually what I say because Colorado Springs sometimes just like people don't know where it is and yeah. it yeah. sounds dumb. But it's it's in a few movies. Yeah, and cool. also <laughs> Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Doesn't she live in Colorado Springs? The Medicine Woman. Yeah, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. I don't know. I've never heard of her. Haven't before. you seen that? It's. Um, Typical American TV show about a female uh, doctor, doctor yeah. during the you know Indian cowboy time. That's it's a word for it. What? Yeah. yeah. Haven't you? Have you ever, never seen it? Oh it's my like God, it's I like eight hate seasons. It when this happens, <laughs> you're the American. People are like, hey, you know this old folklore that you know as American. <laughs> you're like, I, I don't know, care. I'm like, I know. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually okay. So she's a medicine woman that lives in Colorado. Yeah, she's Springs. a doctor. One of the first female doctors from like somewhere I don't recall. So. I think yeah, and I think it takes place like in the early 19th century. Yeah, it does, and she she falls in love with this uh, guy living with Indians because he said, "Never mind, it's really nice. cool." They live yeah. in my Colorado kind of guy. Space. That's yeah. the kind of guy I dated in high school. Yeah. That Mama? also is like the most badass rap name possible. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, bring up medicine woman. Well, so you're a stand-up comedian, <clears throat> yes, and an actress, yes, and a photographer, yes, and you have your own production company yes. with your husband, Red Dynasty Studios, yes, and yes. you're a medicine woman, yes, <laughs> and I'm a medicine woman, and um, I have my own stand-up club. Yeah, you yeah, do. You Cosmic do. comedy, right? Yes, yeah. correct. Cool. Um, so and you are educated at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts <laughs> in LA. Yes, yeah. nailed it. Yes. Thank you. Um, and you moved here about five years ago? Yes. With your husband? Yes. For love? Yes. Mm. And he's Swedish. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's very, um, very snell, uh, yeah. snell killer, snell gobe. Mm. Um, yeah. Average Joe. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I um. I really feel you on the tiredness. Like yeah. I actually had a super busy year. It was very successful, but I think at the end of it, it felt bittersweet. I had a loss in the family. I got told that I'm not going to be booked at several comedy clubs. Mm. Yeah, a little. I don't know what happened. I, I pissed people off or, like, they just didn't want me to come back or, like, they didn't think I was popular enough. Some didn't want me to come back because I have my own comedy club now and they think that we have conflicting interests. And so, it, like, then at the end of it, all of this shit, I just, like, laid down in my bed and I stayed there for, like, five fucking days. <laughs> I just woke up to party, basically. And 
I like I don't know. I I actually feel okay today. Like mm. I I feel like I just have taken some time to process things and let myself like sleep and not consume myself with all the work that I want to do, hmm. which is hard. I, yeah. I think the first yeah. like two days that you stop moving, you're like, I, I feel very like antsy that I have to like get yeah. something done or like plan something. Or... You're like a little chihuahua. Yes. Jumping at every move. Like, oh. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I think of myself more as like a chicken. Chicken. You no, know, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like bulldog or something. <laughs> not. No, 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 spirit animal, chicken. chicken. Oh, I'm sorry, right. I didn't mean to say spirit animal. I, oh, that's I, okay. I don't mean to offend the cultures which have <laughs> spirit animals. <laughs> um, we have a question that we always ask on this podcast, oh. and it's a very important one for mm -hmm. me, Maria. Um, what did you have for breakfast? Because my spirit animal is breakfast. Bitch, yes, <laughs> I love this podcast. Um, okay, I had a green apple. Half of a green apple. I cut it up into slices, and sometimes I have green apple with peanut butter. Oh yeah! That's the best. Oh, that's have you guys heard of this? Yes. Oh my oh, god! This amazing. It's like the best thing ever. I don't think Swedes ate peanut butter like this. Yeah. I have basically. I buy like a bucket of peanut butter. You can <laughs> do it. Did you get yeah. a bucket. Yeah, a pe um, green choice peanut butter, one kilo bucket. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, girl, mm -hmm. I love that. I, w I could, like, swim in that. Yep. Just, just live in that. Sometimes I, I do. I no, also I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Feeling on my Friday nights. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. we, I also had a piece of a sourdough vegan bread. Of course. With some Philadelphia cheese. I sometimes get the vegan kind, but I yeah, don't today. Poor and, yeah, that's Yeah, because, mm. uh, yeah, and then um, some tomatoes with... Some vinegar and olive oil and salt and rosemary. Mm. I like and that. I made myself a little latte. Oh. And I never eat like that during breakfast. I felt proud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should. Stable breakfast. Hey, thank it's you. It's all about yeah, the breakfast. Yeah, and it's the all details. about the carbs for me. <laughs> I got I to gotta consume carbs yep. at some, some point in every meal. <laughs> it's very important. So where to begin? Um, so um, one of my questions, like... What I've been thinking about, you moved from, I know you moved for love, yes. but leaving LA where it all happens. For Stockholm where basically nothing happens? Yeah. How was that? Like career wise? I thank you so much for asking. Um, yeah, people forget about that hmm. a lot because moving for love is very romantic. And I, I mean, apart from living in LA as an actress, <clears throat> because That was actually pretty heartbreaking uh, to go to a really good school who taught you these amazing techniques and you worked on like the most prestigious plays that have ever been, you know, produced. And then you go out in the world and you're auditioning for toothpaste commercials. And I mean, L.A. was as superficial as you'd ever think it was. I mean, mm. God, I was like worried about my teeth and if I was going to get fat and if my hair was long enough and <clears throat> I, I ended up getting a manager, but I mean, he basically had a roster of hot girls and I was actually shocked that I fit in there. Maybe he thought like, I need a funny one as well or something. I didn't feel like I hit fit in with the hot girl. Yeah. I don't know. So, it was, so, but apart from living there and experiencing that, I mean, people tell you that's what you have to go through too. Mm. And while I was living there, um, you're trying to make rent. And I was, I didn't go to college. I didn't have a degree, so I couldn't really work in anything else other than service. So I was waitressing 
working as a hotel receptionist, uh, a gym receptionist, which was fucking amazing um, because it was just me uh, on Sunset Boulevard with like every gay man that lived in that man <laughs> oh. in that area, and it was fucking fabulous. Um, but also paid so shit, so you mm. have to work all these jobs at the <clears throat> same time and go to auditions and like. Uh, Apart from all that going on, L.A. was dope. Like, I mean, you could see films, uh, you know, th- things being filmed on the streets. You could go to nightclubs and see celebrities. You could go to a night uh, viewing of a, like, a, a world premiere mm. of a movie and see a Q&A with the director and the actors afterwards. Mm. Um, music was happening there. You could go to the beach. You could go to the mountains if you wanted to. God, I had some of my first strip club experiences in L.A. Cool. Like, I mean, it was just like an endless like world to explore it was so fucking fun Mm. and i did not realize how unfun stockholm would be (laughs) oh yeah and not just because of the weather i I, can i ask you guys something do you think that stockholm in particular maybe not sweden but stockholm is conservative no you don't think so not really in some ways yeah but I, I think it can be. Yeah, of course it like, can be. But that also depends on what you what you have in your past. Yes, <clears> and do you <throat> mean like culturally conservative? Or yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yes. your point more. Yes, we can mm. be very. Um, we do as we always done. You know, we stand in line and we do things the way we are used to. Yeah, and we. I mean, we have s- Sweden in, in general. I think is a very conformed country yes and we are all law-abiding citizens yeah mm. i mean the club is supposed to shut down at three because the liquor license says so and yeah we do, yes yeah. yes so, oh my god yeah so in that way yeah we can be culturally yeah we follow the rules basically yes. yeah that's what we do yeah so I mean, do you you guys realize that like my picture of sweden before i moved here was like people riding fucking polar bears like yeah, in their bikinis yes. you know like fucking you know swedish I bikini was that team dumb. i was that dumb <laughs> And I had no idea that I could move somewhere so liberal, like, you know, because in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to a place that has healthcare. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I get here and pot is like the worst thing that you could fucking do. Yep. And I looked at my husband and I was like, why didn't you tell me about this? Why is this bullshit? And uh, my oh, dude, my heart was broken. I was I was regularly smoking weed in in L.A. and it like changed my life. Like I I'm not a very talented drinker, and weed was just way easier. I mean, you like I didn't have hangovers. It helped me sleep. Like it just worked for me. Mm. And uh, I, I don't expect it to work for everyone. And I do not want to implement on this podcast that everyone should smoke weed. But so I don't I don't know like. Yeah, I miss a lot of LA and to to move here and try to get into this industry has been a fucking nightmare. Mm. I mean, and is it I mean, English is a very I mean, we love to speak English here in Sweden and yeah. everyone understands it, but I mean, and I know you speak Swedish as well, but it's not your native language. Is that also yeah. um a, like a bump in the road to not speak Swedish as your native tongue? a bit of both i think that Mm. uh in some ways it's super helpful um like i'm american as well i mean that's like a really unfair advantage for like no reason you know i mean i still feel cooler than like australians and english people but you know they they're all kind of um 
respected in the community. Never mind. But uh, so in stand up, it was cool. It was like you could have something different. You could have a female English speaking comedian. Hmm. Just those two things together, I could book gigs on. Yeah. yeah. Which is shitty to say, but it's totally true. But then you have to be good to get up the yeah. up the ladder. And then when I wanted to do film, which is like my real dream is to be able to make movies. Oh my god! Like I, the longer that I and the harder I tried to push to get in, the harder it seemed to. Like I just don't even know how Swedish people crack into it. It's we like, don't. We don't. We. Um, I just don't get it. Like I mean, the, I mean, there is a lot of theater going on. I know yeah. that there's a lot of like community and like improv theaters and small, mm-hmm. but the in between steps, you know, hmm. like. Yeah, Basically, you have to be lucky or to, you know, somebody has to find you and say, you're amazing, and pull you up. Or what? Like, go to Dramaten and take their course and, like, hope that you're one of the final selections to be able to make it into the company or, like... Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I, mean I, I don't know how much you know about the Swedish educational system, but, you know, Teaterhögskolan. Yes. Yes, we mm-hmm. have four. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Those are the only legit actor-based... Yeah. Yeah. And you basically, I mean, if you look at Dramaten, I would say 95% are educated at Teaterhögskolan. That's mm. the way to go. Well, and yeah, you... and then you can be one of the cool ones who didn't go to Teaterhögskolan or yes. maybe went to Kalleflygare yes. or some shorter education and then work their way up. But then you have to be, you know, like I, either really good or somebody has to see you and pinpoint you and be yeah, like, right. I want her. Well, what's the what's the story of... Um, a super famous actress now is it Alicia Vikander? Yeah. Alicia Vikander. Her story. She's a ballet dancer. Yes. No, but she was a ballet dancer. Really? Yes. And <sighs> she um she had like a breaking point where she chose between the ballet career and the actor career. Really? Mm-hmm. Um and she was on a soap called Second Avenue. Mm-hmm. Really really ago. bad soap. Really really, really bad really soap. Really really bad soap opera. <laughs> um yeah. and then she did a bunch of watch sh- this. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And she did a bunch of short films. Mhm. Um, she sur- she auditioned for Teatro School on, like ten times. She didn't get in. Nope. I did know that part. Yeah. I knew mm. that she auditioned and never got in. And then the director for Tilles med vackert. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the main guy was Samuel Fröler, and they needed an unknown young girl. And this director searched every folkhögskola, every small town, mm. and they found her. She vacuumed the internet, yeah. basically. And they found Alicia. Um, and after endless of tryouts with Alicia, oh. she got the part, and yeah. that's and that's how it happened. Because after that, um, she worked with this director several times afterwards. Yeah. Um, and like Tildes Mavakit was her breaking point, mm. and I, I like hearing the story. Um, like makes me fucking make me want to burn things but um i i did you guys see the movie that i think it came out like a year or two ago it was with uh, alicia and her now husband michael fassbender oh yeah the the fyren mellan haven yes yes, yes. yes. did you guys see yeah. it no i didn't but i, I saw the trailer yeah, it was I've seen it. i mean I, i i don't know how much i can say for the film as a whole but i thought her performance was really really good I, I think that she's in, incredibly talented. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get where these moments happen and where mm. the stuff comes from. But I don't I don't know. I just feel like that shit is never going to happen to me. Like, I, I'm getting really, like, to this point now where I feel this breaking point of, 
Like, am I sacrificing my happiness mm. to try to be fucking happy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, and I don't know. I Like, last year, I was so busy and... On in the beginning of the year, I was still working in like two or three different restaurants. Like I was making a little bit of money. One of my advantages here in Sweden has been to start doing voiceovers. Yeah, never even thought of doing that before I moved here. But there's so many international companies in Sweden that are looking yeah. for English mm. American and you know voiceovers that I started to make money like that. Mm. Um, but. I still had to work at restaurants in between and still try to audition for stuff. And God, uh, the auditions are just so awkward. I, I should honestly make a sketch about it because it's usually like, <laughs> you know, some fucking person from a casting office who like can barely speak English and she wants to direct me and she doesn't think that I can speak Swedish, even if I speak Swedish to her and she'll be, yeah, yes, I, let's do it uh, again. Um, this time, uh, you know, just uh, more wow, you know, just really, you know, get out there. And I'm like, what the fuck in Ghana? Like, what, <laughs> what I don't, is that? What are we, what are we doing? I, I don't know. What am I um, doing? I'm trying milk. I'm cooking something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Trying pasta. I don't know. <laughs> And uh, I, I I don't know. So this this might be one of those final years. I'm turning 30 this year in July. And my Yay. I'm turning 30 May, actually. Yay. Do you feel like weird about turning 30? Um, not. That's a good question, actually. Um, par, at the moment, it feels fine. But I believe I'm going to have like a little crash. <laughs> further down the road. You know what? That's very wise. Yeah. That's very wise. Uh, because that's basically how I work. You know, yeah. I, I'm fine until I'm not anymore. Um, <laughs> that's pretty normal, actually. Yeah. yeah like, that's fine. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like I should have been more successful by now. I mean, the 16-year-old me probably thought I was going to be married and having a career and, you know, everything right. by now. Yeah. Um. My uh, my husband and my mom keep telling me that my eggs are getting old. Oh, really? Your husband tells you that? Yeah. Oh. I mean, they're, it's all it's all in good fun, you know. But until I'm lying there in bed, staring at the ceiling, like, and I didn't actually mm. know what they meant at first. Like, I didn't understand what they were talking about. Like, I thought that trouble getting pregnant wasn't because of the eggs when yeah, you were no. like so when they were like yeah your eggs are gonna get old you know and I was like imagining my eggs <laughs> like I was like wait a minute does like do they get fucked up like do they you get know, fried like, or something yeah I was <laughs> like if I have a baby at 45 will it like naturally just come out as down syndrome baby <laughs> like this is so fucked up but I got scared because they made me I, like I didn't understand what what they were talking about but God damn it. Like, I hate the fucking pressure. Like, mm. it. I just wish that we had, like, an endless amount of time mm. to, to work it out. Um, yeah, of course. I don't know. So I, I feel a bit weird. I just, I just feel like I want to experience success before mm. I have a kid. I'm not yeah. fucking ready right now. And I, I can't believe that the, that the pressure comes from my body, mm. yeah. you know, not being able to produce by the time I'm 30. And, you know, now we have people having babies when they're 40 fucking yeah, five. Yeah, you could actually freeze your eggs. Oh, my God. To. That's what my husband said. He said, yeah. let's take a couple of those bad boys out of mm -hmm. there. And I was like, why do you have to say boys? No, just <laughs> <laughs> fucking we feminist. Call, we call them hens, actually. Yes. Uh, no, but mm -hmm. I feel like very good. I don't want kids. Um, and Good I, for 
fucking、yeah. you. And I think part of it is because the career I chose. Because I I feel that like I also wanna、um, have some sort of success and stability in my career before I would have had kids. Yeah. And then I sort of realized that's never gonna happen.、Um, and that's not the only reason I don't want to have kids. But I do feel it's I'm very. I like that I don't want kids because it doesn't mess with my career. God、mm. damn, that must it, it feels like it would feel peaceful to like make that deal with yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it's also、I've、thought about it. Yeah, but it's also horrible that that's the way I feel because, as you said, the pressure on women to thirty is a breaking point,、mm. um, career-wise and. Age-wise, and how you look, and your body starts to degenerate, and you know your eggs.、Yeah. Oh, thank you. That makes、yeah. me feel no right, better. Right? Seriously, my mom. <laughs> was like, my mom told me she was like, "But Lisa, why are you so upset about turning thirty?" And I was like, "Cause my cells are starting to fucking die. Oh my there's god. There's not getting there. There's no getting better after this. It's Remember, only we're downhill. We're still twenty-nine, Catherine. Yes,、we're、and I'm thirty, so we only、now. have a few months left. Yeah, yeah. we do. <laughs> Use the good eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Like、um, the prime eggs that will become, you know, athletes,、yeah. runners in the Olympics. Yes, those、yeah. are those eggs. The other eggs, no, shitty members playing in a band, voting for Trump, voting for <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Old eggs is what you are. That's what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> Trump supporters from、They、now on. They turn stupid. Your parents、yeah. had you when you were 45, you old egg, you bitch. <laughs> No, but I really, I really feel you. Like it's, and a lot of people tell me like it's not so bad turning thirty. And I mean, I know they want to be nice, and it is nice that they're trying to be nice. But look at the but world. It, look but, at the ageism.、Hmm. But it's none of their fucking business. Yeah, like no, I'm、not. tired. I think that's what pisses me off is that I just want to because you know, I, is it so bad that we would consider our success, our life's work? I mean. We want to be creators, you know, and I get so、um, upset thinking about that—that that the success I've experienced、mm. doesn't count. It's like men can do that; men can go and live a complete life, and their child is often their success. Yep, you know, and like, why can't I have that? And I, I think it's really fucking awesome, actually, that that you've done that and said that to yourself, and you never know things. You're probably gonna be super famous in like a year, and you're gonna be making millions and buying like ten penthouses all over the world, and then you'll be like, "I'm gonna have seventeen kids just because I feel like." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, yeah, but, no, but I no, but yeah, I mean, but okay, so you're talking about this breaking point.、Um, oh, nice backtrack. Yeah, it, what is it that you want to happen? What is the break? Because success is a funny thing. Because when I look at you, to me, you are successful, and I have to agree. Jesus. Yeah. And Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And so it's very, very interesting to hear. What is a person's view on success? It's changed a lot for me.、Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about being in?、Um, like, I think this year I got really frustrated trying to because I knew that no one was gonna like pick me out. You、mm-hmm. know, I knew that was never gonna happen. So I had to make that commitment in my head that I was going to fight and fight really fucking hard every day, and it starts to work, you know,、mm. just by being annoying. You can make so much success. So you know, keep calling people, keep emailing people constantly. Keep I mean, showing that, up at their doorstep. That's door my job now. Like, I mean, I wake up at nine and look at emails and、mm. write people and send people my reel, and I mean, yeah, because yeah. all I want to do is work now. I feel like. 
I got to this breaking point after working in a restaurant and、mm. making like shit money, working a shit job, and then being able to like go to creative projects where I got to do other things, like be a photographer or do voice acting or radio,、mm. and that that was just like so much better to me. It was like I was able to be creative and like still make money. To me, all that counts now is me having a. Like right now, we've had our company open for a year. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> and it was a really successful year, better than we thought it was going to go. But I still can't rent an apartment or like buy buy an apartment or re- get a car because our income doesn't fucking count as freelancers,、mm. and we have to overcome that hurdle as well. And people don't think about that either. Yeah, I totally feel you. That really sucks. I bought an apartment, but I couldn't do it unless my parents went in、yeah. uh, and took the loan、yeah. with me, like saying she's all right, she will pay the mortgage. Yeah, I promise. Exactly. They、yeah. were like co-signing to make、yeah. sure that if you couldn't, your parents.、Mm. And、could. if I fuck up, they will fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I think that to me is the definition of success right、mm. now.、Okay. I want to be able to have the company open long enough for one more year. With enough money coming in、mm. that the government can recognize me as a working part of society. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that when I started out, I was like, I'm gonna be in the movies and accept awards at, at shows, and like, you know, now I'm just like, I just, I just want to get by, man. Like,、mm. <laughs> I just want to eat. I just, I couldn't.、Uh, I just can't imagine going back to service anymore. It's、no. like really, I've been doing it for ten years, and it's eating at my fucking soul. Yeah, you start to hate yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean big time. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly just want to be able to make cash, and I, I have to admit, like, I did start to get really pissed off this year watching how much luxury men have, especially、mm. in comedy. It just has made me so fucking pissed off, and. Yeah, like why do why the fuck do we have to deal with that too?、Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I still today is a good day. I feel good. I had breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah, thumbs.、Um, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Did you start with comedy here or yeah? Yeah, you did. How、oh. come? I was desperate, yo. Like, <laughs>、okay. I was desperate. I was well, desperate. Know, heroes are cornered. They aren't made. Heroes are cornered. Yeah, I have to say. So, <laughs> you were cornered. I was. I was cornered. Yeah, you were was, cornered. Like, <laughs> look at you calling me out. This is perfect. <laughs> I mean, I was though. I was, dude. I was when I left LA. I honestly was such a Meryl Streep bitch. Like, I was like, comedy is beneath me. Like, I. <laughs> it was like you know, actors, singers. Dancers, clowns, comedians. Oh, <laughs> like really? They, oh my yeah, God, no,、clowns? I did. I put them、mm. all the way down there. Even though I had watched a lot of stand-up growing up、uh, on Comedy Central and watching South Park, and had a lot of respect for comedy, just like who the fuck would do that for a living, kind of thing.、Um, and then I moved here, and I couldn't. I just I felt so fucking empty. I couldn't find a job. I was having trouble making friends, and I just needed. Like a stage that you could go to and、mm. watch something happen. So I started hearing about open mic nights, and I went to Big Ben. And do you guys ever meet Yummy Alpha Lobby? Yeah, who love him? I, I don't know. Him. I don't think I met him. No, I haven't. No, no. he's fabulous. Yeah, I believe New you. New Yorker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't talk、Lovely. like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was there, and at this time he was hosting regularly. Like、oh, that was、okay. his spot, and. 
I started bothering him and asking to do it. And um, I don't know. I just, the only thing I could think of doing was telling a story. So mm -hmm. I told the story of how I lost my virginity. That chlamydia joke yeah. was the first joke I ever wrote. <gasps> and I still fucking use it four years later. <laughs> Because I'm because I'm pathetic, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, so I started, and then I just couldn't stop. And I've had a weird relationship with it because stand up is the most fucked up art form ever. Yep. <laughs> what do you, What do you think, Lisa? Like, how how did you get into it, and why did you do it? And was power your first experience? Um, power was my first. I lost my stand up virginity to Ooh, power. Girl. Um, yes. Um, I was. I mean, people have told me... I mean, people laugh when I tell stories, like my friends, but that doesn't really say anything. Yeah. Because um, they love me, so <laughs> they, they laugh. have to laugh. <laughs> um, That's not true. No, it's not. <laughs> but then um, um, I'm friends with Eric, who runs Power, um, and I met Ryan through Eric, um, and I was drunk. Nice. And, uh, That's a good place to start yeah, and This stand was about up. two years ago, and I think I said to Eric, and I was like, I want to try and stand up. Um, and he never forgot that. Um, so he started pushing me about it and then I met Ryan and I told him and you so were cornered I was cornered she yes was cornered. <laughs> he was cornered and they, <laughs> yeah. and they really really encouraged me um and then they had power and then I was there one night and I was drunk again nice. and I told Ryan like okay let's do this because he had offered to help me right um so we met and then after that session he told me now we have one week to give me a d debut date Shit. And I was like, <laughs> okay, because uh, he, he threatened me and he said, if you don't, I'll give you a date and that you, then you will have no control. What was, what was the writing session like? I'm curious. Um, the writing session was, well, basically I was just like, where do I start? Yeah. Like, I didn't know, like I had no idea how to start. And he was like, <laughs> um, so he gave me a few pointers. Um, he gave me a few like. So these are good things to, like, the three-point joke. Right. Stuff right. like the that. Rules. The rules. The rules within stand-up comedy. Um, and also, like, what is a punchline? When should it come? Um, and he, he really encouraged me because the first time we met, um, I was, I'm a pretty passionate person, and I hate a lot of things. Nice. And that was all we talked about that night. And he was like, just use your passion and talk about the things you hate because I hate beards. I hate beards, and that was like the first thing I told Ryan, and he has a beard, so I'm not very Pretty, nice. Uh, one, one that works for him. It I does. I just want to say, but it, go, it does. On, go, go on, it go does. on. It I does not you. work for my husband. Sorry. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, I get it. I've I've kissed a wet beard. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah it is. And also to have little pieces of food. Yeah, yeah. saving it for later. Gross. Yeah. Men are disgusting. Um, yeah, they are. Yes. Go on. So sorry, we sorry. sort of started there with my hate for beards. Um, and that turned into, I don't know if you heard it, my whole Tinder, what I would do if I wasn't with my husband and, and, uh, the demands I have on the people I would date on Tinder. Um, and I think we spent like, what, two hours? Yeah. Um, and then I had my, and I mean, I'm used to working with monologues and, and remembering, uh, words Text. and everything. Yeah. So hmm. that was, I guess, an advantage. And then I yeah. just did it i was so freaking nervous and then i mean you know it's a high you yeah. just want to be on that stage regardless yeah. if you're yeah. a singer or a dancer or a comedian you just want to be up on that stage how many times have you been up now 20 20 yeah fuck that's okay nothing. that's great that's, no 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 it's a really you're making some good headway we're gonna have to have you on a cosmic 
Yes, please. Okay. Okay. So this is this pod is not about me. So that's my story within comedy. But like you just hassled your way in. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm a, no, seriously. Like I, I, I have no shame in this industry. I really fucking that's don't. Awesome. I, you I ask and ask and ask and I think. People are always so reluctant to give me a chance because I'm so annoying. Like, I, I mean, I get where, yeah, and people don't know me and they don't know how I'm going to work and if I'm going to be professional. Like, I mean, I've started to learn that in this industry. I mean, people just pick their friends. I mean, Yeah, they do. That, that's why we see white men all the time mm, is because yeah. they choose their friends. And that's been weird owning a comedy club as well, you know, mm-hmm. because I've been bitching about you know, female comedians not being able to headline at clubs, well, then it's my fucking duty to make sure that they do. And to ensure that when you do that, that you get females to come to the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had a super weird relationship with comedy because I've realized that when men go on stage, they just like are so unapologetic mm. and they just say whatever the fuck they want without yeah. caring about anybody's fucking feelings. Yeah. They have the right to be there. They That's have what the they feel right like. to yeah. be there. That's exactly it. And I started to get like really uh, annoyed about, about my writing, you know, and I started to like hate the jokes I was doing. That's when you know you've been doing it long enough. Mm. <laughs> that is when you start really hating what you're writing, um, which is a a good place to start writing new stuff mm-hmm. and to hope that it gets better. But I mean, I think comedy is so complicated because I, I personally feel as an actor that it's much easier to make someone cry than it is to make them laugh. I mean, telling someone that someone died or like a, you know, connection stories like that. It's like people can be moved by that because they understand grief and sadness, mm-hmm. but to be able to get someone to laugh, it's like you're dealing with, your presentation, the words you used, like if that person finds that joke funny. Mm, the timing as well. The timing. I mean, it's it's so complicated. So I think writing sessions can be really interesting like that because it's almost as, you know, specific as acting techniques, yeah. you know, where people are trying to like just get their brain in the right place to be able to deliver something that's genuine, mm. which is like impossible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> really hard so i don't i don't know um i'm gonna keep going with it but i went to i hosted big ben last night for the first time in oh a while. you did oh, that's awesome it was cool I, john uh was on vacation yeah. and invited me to come back i hadn't been to big ben in a long time do you guys big ben was the first place that i performed okay mm-hmm. i got a job there i started working as a bartender a horrible bartender <laughs> like people be like <laughs> Can I have a whiskey? Uh, can I have a tequila sunrise? And I'd be like, "Here's a whiskey and coke." <laughs> like, you know, like, I can give you wine. I, like, I was shit. I was shit. I could barely pour beer. But I started going up and doing stand up in uniform, and like at the time. I thought it was going to be, like, this great badass moment where people were going to be like, yeah, like, this waitress really delivered. But it just ended up being, like, really cheesy. And people were like, hey, you sucked. You know, I'm like, like, have a great night. Here's your beer. Um, So I I hadn't stepped in there in a while, and I was a bit, like, hesitant to come back. But it felt good. Good. There was a lot of heavy hitters last there there last night, and I felt really nervous around them. Mm. I think that, like, something in the acting community – I feel like a totally different vibe than in the stand-up community where there's so much prestige on the people that are just walking around and gigging. 
um, like Carl Stanley was there, Isak Janssen, Brane Pavlovic, and like a, t- a ton of other people that were really, really good. And I mean, you want to be good around them. Yep. You know, of course you do. And um, yeah, it was, it's so scary because, you know, sometimes then I start to like really question what I'm doing and I'm going to like tell people a fucking porn joke, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I don't know if they're going to take me seriously. And sometimes I feel more nervous performing around other comedians than I mm-hmm. do performing for an audience, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a weird fucking like. No, I, I understand that. Yeah, it's like basically like auditioning. You can perform for eight hundred people, but then you have to audition for four men, and you're like, "Oh my god, fuck me!" Yeah, <laughs> and please yeah. don't judge yeah. me. Please don't much. judge me. Please I'm only human. Me. Yeah, but see, then like they don't fucking care, right? Or maybe they do. Like maybe they are also like worried about their prestige and like yeah. probably performing and stuff, or hopefully because they're guys. Um, I hate myself for asking this, but. What well, is it like to be a female comedian? Ugh. I, thank you for asking. Yeah. I mm. think that was a great question. <laughs> thank you. Because it's, it sucks. Yeah. Nobody's just like, I, I wish we lived in a world where we didn't, you know, there's no difference between men and women in equality and yada yada. But there is. And you touched the subject a bit yourself um, about booking female comic, comics and stuff like that. But why are there so few female comedians? And why are they not headlining Did you see, did you guys see Amy Schumer when she came here? No, I didn't. No. Did you guys see the YouTube videos or like see the performance at all? I mean, I really had a hard time liking uh, female comics. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's my own dirty secret that I want to be out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's why. And I I put a lot of thought into this. So I watch Amy Schumer and um, her funniest joke really was, come tits you know about this guy coming on her tits and her having to take care of it and and she calls it like a cum shelf that she has to go and like clean up her cum shelf you know yeah. and if you tell that joke to women it's an inside joke because we understand the situation yeah when you tell that joke to men it's a dirty joke it's them visualizing what they've done to us mm-hmm. so do you see like to me it just started To be like, wait a second, you know, if we're telling these jokes to women, they mean something completely different than when we tell them to men. And right now in stand-up, there are lots of women who come and see the shows, but it's mostly men who come to watch other men perform. So then you start, like, going, okay, so raw comedy refuses to have female headliners because they don't sell tickets Well, the guys aren't interested in watching women talk shit about all the stuff that's going on with them, you know? So, like, I I wanted to test these boundaries and see what would happen if you had mostly female headlining comics. And I can't say that, you know, we've had um, a lot of success at Cosmic and we've had some good shows. We've had more women coming to shows than I've ever seen before. And more women coming that have never seen stand-up before, which is really, really refreshing. So, like, I think that's what's complicated about it. Um, But I know this is, like, my deep, like, maybe conspiracy theory, like, you know, (laughs) analytical thing about this. But do you see what I mean? Like, I, when I started working with Kirstie Armstrong and doing our show, 
I just wanted to call women to the show so bad. I wanted gay men to be at the show. I wanted, all, like, the whole LGBTQ plus mm. community to be in the show. I wanted, like, just so much more than what we'd ever seen in stand-up. I mean, I just wanted to prove that stand-up was for everybody and not just for the white dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, it's been incredibly difficult and, you know, yeah, like, to be honest, I feel like I pissed a lot of people off and I talk a lot of shit and I feel pretty alone sometimes with this, but I also have amazing friends. Eric is someone that like has been undyingly supportive. And every time I tell him bad news, he's just like, it's going to be okay, cat. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's so important to be surrounded by people that, do that for you and yep. tell you mm. that it's going to be fine. What is this like? Do you talk shit about your husband on stage ever? Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah. Because <laughs> now you know I talk shit about my husband. And that's been a good connection joke. I mean, because then I started questioning how do I write for the whole public so that they'll all understand. That's mm. like Ellen DeGeneres technique kind of. Um. So I was hoping that people would find those jokes relatable and easier to connect to if I was, like, talking about my relationship and um, the Americanness and the Swedishness of it. Um, now I think it's fucking lame and want to rant about much deeper things, but it's very difficult to make people laugh, and that's what you're up there to do. <laughs> so if people don't laugh, you feel like you totally failed. Um, uh, so I... Sorry, I have no idea where I was going with that. Just ranting <laughs> like an animal now. No, but I it's feel a nice like, rant, though. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm getting you right, but when I first started, well, I'm still starting, but um, I tried, before my debut, I tried my jokes on different people. Um, in general, the girls laughed, the guys didn't. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And I was so scared because I was like, Am I, first of all, not funny? And are the girls only, you know, supportively laughing because yeah. they, they're my friend? Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, this is not a science um, question, but, like, I don't know, but I feel like more women are laughing at my jokes because they are relatable. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And men are, I don't know what they are, but... Sometimes <laughs> I think that men, they just don't want to laugh because you're a woman. Maybe. And that's and like the I main just don't reason. Think get it. And also, no, like, I was, I don't know, I was, I mean, I know everyone get heckled at times. Yeah. Um, that's part of the package of being up there. But um, this old dude um, at, at Power one night, he started to comment my looks when <gasps> I was up on stage. Motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Did someone go kick his ass? Nope. I didn't either. Because I was, I mean, I'm still so new. I, I can't handle that sort of situation. I have no idea what to do. Um, but he started also heckling the guy after me, um, not saying anything about his looks, of course, because, you know. You He's know, a guy. Yeah. So why would but he? But yeah. that comedian yeah. just told him to shut up and went on, um, mm. which was right. good. So he sort of like uh, kicked it in his butt. But I was just so, first of all, don't interrupt my my performance, regardless of what you're saying, that yes. sort of shocked me first. And then I was like, and so you're also commenting my looks, which I hate. Yeah. Um, and it was a positive comment, so I should just be flattered. Because I'm right. a girl, and everything that matters is that I'm cute on stage, right? Yeah. Um, so it was just, yeah, I yeah, hate I'm it. I'm really sorry. It's, it's just like, I know I should be prepared for this, because I'm a woman. But you, you <sighs> never like, are when it mm, happens. Fuck, man. I see... Yeah, like I'm first. I'm super sorry that happened to you. And if I was there, I would have not taken kindly to that because yeah. 
one night at Cosmic, Linda um, Gershmeyer, I yeah. totally botched her last name, but she, she goes up on stage and this guy starts heckling her from the back. And, I mean, he's just, like, yelling full-on, like, statements at her. I forgot even what he said, but um, I got up on stage after she went up and – I was like, hey, what's your name? Like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, um, did you want to come up here and tell everybody? And started hassling him. Like, oh, if you have something oh, yeah. to say, then you can come up and say it in front of the class. Otherwise, mm. you can get the fuck out of my club. And, yeah, but, I mean, I just, I'm so tired of people thinking that's appropriate. I think that's also what's so fucking awkward is, like, mm. you know, if, yeah, if that happens to a dude, then they, like, have this solidified, like, you know. It's like a cockfight. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen even men take down female hecklers as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen mm. some drunk bitches before who are like, yeah, you know what you want to do and it's that. And then they're like, huh, she's just drunk, blah, blah, blah. But I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think it should be one of our goals to try to bring women to the clubs. Because yeah, of I think, I think the jokes that I want to tell are for them. I mean, and I like that. And I'm tired of trying to change my perspective to make the men feel comfortable. And, like, last night at Big Ben, I mean, it was, like, 90% dudes. And Branle, you know, he's like, I need 15 minutes. And I'm like, fuck you, Branle. I'm not going to put you on. I'm taking your name off the list. And, like, I don't think that they expect me to be like that. Because in the beginning, I've been so like, oh, yes, of course, it's been so nice to see you, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. And then... We had, like, a totally, like, he just, like, looked at me, and I, I was like, oh, shit, okay, I didn't mean to say that, but now I'm glad that I did, <laughs> and um, he was, like, super respectful and, like, checked, like, if he could go on uh, in time at Big Ben, and it's weird, man. I think we just have to be much stronger with them and give them the back end mm -hmm. and let them know that we're in fucking charge and that we make money and that we bring people. Like, yeah. they... yeah. That's all people care about is butts and seats anyway. That's all they fucking care about. Yep. Fuck yeah. It's like an evil circle or something. Women don't come because <laughs> there's no women on stage. And there's no women on stage because nobody comes to see them. It's, it's like... A vicious you know, cycle, yeah. I'm really glad we have this conversation, though, because mm -hmm. now I'm going to, like, draw this as a map. Yeah, you could. And then we'll post <laughs> it on Cosmic <laughs> Comedy. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? I was thinking about... Um, going after all the clubs that mm -hmm. I'm not going to be performing at anyway. Um, like, I was going to post the headliners. That's all I was going to do was just deliver information. Like, here's who's going up at Mafia. Here's who's going up at Raw. Here's who's going up at Nordebrun. And here's who's coming up here at Cosmic and at Power. Because mm. Jenny is also really, like, a dear friend. And I'm so incredibly supportive of like how power has also tried to put on a lot more females and looked for females. Yep. I mean, Jenny is very proactive about getting into the female groups and looking for new people and wanting to give people support. So, I mean, we, that, that's what was so shitty about Stockholm comedy club, uh, is that they didn't want me to come back because I own my own place. And they have like female Friday that I thought was amazing. They're selling out those shows. I just wanted us to work together. I wanted us to be able to talk com comics together and hopefully raise our rates and see how we can make the community grow. Mm. But damn, man, like, I just feel like so much in the community of female comedians that the, because there are so few of us, that the com the competitiveness is, like, 
really out of control sometimes. And I get even more scared that, you know, if I bring all these females here and like I'm talking to uh, Scala uh, comedy as well, we're Mm -hmm. trying to work together. We're trying to talk to like comics together and talk about headliners and like, because I think that the market needs more saturation. Like we need more comedy out there and we need more people to feel like they can participate. And it's a, it's, I think at, at Cosmic a few times this year. You guys ever seen Sandra Elar perform? Yep. Yeah, she's got some, she's got some new stuff that's a little risque, if I if I dare say so myself. It's what I'd like to call manly material. It no Ooh. no 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 not manly material. Now I'm really really curious. But she's very she's very very bold. She's strong. Right. Yeah. She's really fucking strong. Yeah. And I think one of her performances at Cosmic, you know. She she and I talked about it after, and she's like, damn, like, the girls just hate me sometimes. And that's another weird thing that I felt like we were dealing with. It was like, if women wanted to say risque things, if they wanted to curse, if they wanted to talk about fucking or say racist things, it just well, – it's never going to be funny. Like, yeah. I mean – Hmm. We have to humiliate ourselves to make yeah. it funny. Remember the Amy Schumer joke? Yeah. Right. Cum yeah. shelf? Humiliating. Yeah. And that's... And that's how... Oh, my God. The annoying thing is that's how we relate to both genders, yeah. by humiliating ourselves. Yes. yes. And is that something we want to, you know, push into the new world? I don't think so. No. Yeah. But it's also hard because talking about these things where women are not always supporting other women and the competitiveness and stuff like that, I've sometimes... Um, I, I sometimes don't want to talk about it because I feel like if I do, I um, I put you know logs on the fire. That yeah, says, you nurture that. Yeah, I nurture that. Girls only talk shit about each other. Mm-hmm. Girls can't support each yeah. other. Girls can't play three. And I don't want to you know give that more energy. Yeah. Because um, it's so hard to talk about. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> women are not supportive and sometimes they really are because we can't be two things at the same time we can only be one mm, of course damn real talk yeah and i hate that saying that girls are competitive because we're not people are competitive yes yeah and it it depends on what kind of character you have yeah you're right it really really does yeah. i mean i feel competitive but i also feel like i see the bigger picture yeah i think that I think that people are scared to think that if they don't make the money right now, that if they spread the love and Mm. awareness and, you know, open doors for people, that that's going to take away from them. But I just, I like, it hasn't proven effective yet, but I really strongly believe that we just need to saturate the damn market. We need more doors open. Mm. We need more people to know about these things. We need to like influence people in a completely different way. And I can't do that alone. And look, I have made some disastrous mistakes in the, in the community. Okay. I mean, I've talked shit. Um, I have talked shit and I've (laughs) really talked some shit. I, I mean, I've gotten involved in people's personal situations. I've, um, yeah, spread rumors, like, and I've had to, like, go back and talk to those people that I've wronged, and that shit was really fucking hard, you know, because when you apologize to someone, it's a confession, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, 
that you're confessing that you were wrong about something. And oftentimes people don't greet you with, wow, that was really thoughtful. Thank you so much for your apology. They say, yeah, you fucking bitch. (laughs) Like, you know, they don't accept your apology, but like, just give people some time and like, let them cool off. And I've started to mend relationships because I think in the end for me, like, I don't have to be friends with everybody, but I can absolutely have respect for everybody. Yeah. And I, you know, was talking about not liking female comedians, uh, certain female, like their material, but I don't fucking care anymore because, you know, Sandra is doing a really fucking important thing. We need women like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need women to scream profanity at people. We need tender, like, you know, very soft female comedians too. We need people to see us as people and not as women anymore. So I'm putting everybody up and I'm giving everybody a chance because I also (laughs) am very humble to the fact that I, you know, the audience is the single most important thing and they decide. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to give people a chance and you have to like give them chances like 20 fucking times at least, Hmm. you know, I mean, you have to watch growth and it's really scary because, you know, everyone's always worried about the money. It's, always in the end about money how much money did you make Mm. how many people came how many people had beers so i i don't know i just hope people will think the club is sexy and and that we'll be able to like rule the world by the end of the year because i i do i mean what do you guys think i mean do you believe in this like saturation concept and like invite everybody and i mean because when i mend relationships with people it doesn't mean that, you know, I've, I have like some conflict still of, I don't want to work with her and I don't want like, you know, other comedians telling me, I don't want her to be here. I don't mm-hmm. want him to be there. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to deal with all this? Mm. But everybody's going to be welcome and I'm just going to figure out how to get everybody there where everybody's comfortable, which is going to take some work, but I think it's fucking worth it. I'd rather have diversity than to have broken friendships and not put people on because of petty bullshit you're very diverse in what you do like you have thank you uh, comedy voiceover acting photography blah and Mm -hmm. you know stuff she's a hungry girl yes a lot of and we've talked about that because we're both musical actresses and Mm -hmm. um being the triple threat and all it's it sucks it sucks and it's very hard to be equally good at all three Everything. at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, and also the debate whether you should have like a uh, small area of expertise but be really, really fucking good at it mm-hmm. or be diverse and good, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you balance it out? Yeah. Do you feel like it's a uh, pro or a con to be so diverse as you are? Wow. Damn. Good question. Um I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm fucking exhausted. Um, yeah, and I get, like, really hypersensitive about my work. I mean, because everything has to be 100% amazing. But I obviously never do anything 100% amazing. I do, like, everything at, like, 70% capacity because I'm fucking trying to do all of it at once. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I I think the good thing after this year was even if I didn't feel proud of every bit of work that I did in all of these different areas, I felt like I practiced a lot. 
I think that's the big struggle is, yeah, deciding how much time you put into each thing. Yep, mm, exactly. Because I spend so much time doing comedy now that if I get in front of a, a camera or go to theater, it's like really weird. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, you have to like make the fourth wall again. You have to meditate. You have to like convince yourself of all of these like things that you need in order to have a good performance but in stand-up you basically need to be at a moderate level of drunk and Mm. like perform for dudes and um i i don't know i think this year i wanted to be really this is gonna sound so pretentious but i'm gonna try to micro dose everything in my day um It's like, if I say to myself, because I'm actually really not good at eating breakfast, I'm so glad that I ate some this morning (laughs) to answer that question, but I skip meals, um, um, I smoke cigarettes, and don't exercise. I need to meditate. Like, I realize that my stress gets so high that I get agitated and take out my anxiety on my husband Hmm. which is really super unhealthy for our relationship and so i i need to meditate i need to yeah go to therapy i need to go back and do that i need to work out i need to practice reading scripts again and pretend like that you know you know in acting school for three Hmm. years that's all i did was look at scripts and i missed that and yeah and you always thought how can i use this in my work yes Yeah. yeah exactly and also write my own stuff which is the hardest part i think but so how the fuck do you do all of that you know in a day (laughs) and um so i'm gonna try it by being able to work out at home Mm -hmm. with doing like you know those like tabata timer workout things where you like do 10 you know workouts. yes yeah exactly and i did it yesterday for the first time and i'm so fucking sore today it's so (laughs) sad but you did it i did it that's great okay i didn't do the tricep thingies okay i skipped that part i just laid there in child's pose okay i skipped that one (laughs) it's okay it's and okay if i do that and then i meditate for 10 minutes to begin with make myself breakfast and then do what's next in the day i mean voiceovers sometimes relatively take an hour or two so i have to just make sure that i get enough sleep that i drink enough water for that that i practice reading all the time and i don't know with photography that's much harder. That's like that involves technical research, mm-hmm. and that's something my husband is really good at. And that's something else that I think that we should try to do more often is like look for people who are good at those things and work together with them and make that a part of your strength. Because I think that that's been a huge error that I've made this year is believing that I'm a solo person and that I have to do everything myself mm-hmm. and that. Why? Like, why am I putting that pressure on myself? When we go to film sets, there can sometimes be hundreds of people there just running the fucking equipment. You know, why? Why would I ever believe that I need to do this alone? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it costs money to hire people. Oh, yeah. yeah, That was small detail. Small, Small, tiny, magnificent detail. Um, We actually have a question how you find balance between work and your private life. And I sort of feel like you answered that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We just work together. Yeah. <laughs> and, all, like, part of what, what areas in your life that you feel are not working right now and you f- it feels like you know what you need to do. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm i saying it now because I feel good, but I'm probably mm. going to go home and feel like I'm going to slump into depression again <laughs> and not know what to do. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't know. We're, we're struggling because 
you know, my husband has been so incredibly supportive. I mean, he started to even, you know, I, he was running the club with me, basically. You know, he was running sound and helping me create all this stuff. And I didn't let him have his crea- creativity. I didn't, like, he should be making his first music album, you know. That should have happened several years ago. And f- when I came here to Sweden, he made sure that he took care of me the first six months, knowing that it was going to be hard for me to get a job and to solidify my personal number and all that shit. Mm-hmm. He looked out for me then. Um, I started working, but then he wanted to make his music studio. He built the whole studio, and it's finished now. But he spent all of the time working just to build that studio basically on his own and then coming to support me. And I feel like this year I have to make a really deep commitment that he's my partner and he deserves this and that it is going to feel really fucking good for me to work on a project for someone else for a change, you know? Mm. Like, I think that I'm going to try to figure out how to not be so self-centered because I feel like I write better and I'm more relaxed and I feel better about myself if I put focus on things that make me feel good. Mm. Like, I... I want to go see theater more, you know, like I just want to spend time being around the environments more. And I started to kind of do that as the end of the year. Like I went to go see an improv show. I saw some theater and my friends are making short films and stuff. So it's good to just be in the community. I I think that that's another like weird answer to that about finding balance between all of these things. But I just want to be supportive to people. Yeah. That, and I think that will help me be more supportive to myself, you know? Yeah. And it'll also take the pressure out of you, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That's that's what I want to end. I feel like pressure, mm. so much pressure all the time. Yeah. And it just, uh, yeah, it can really, like, eat you, especially so, in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, what inspires you? Oh my That's god! A good favorite question. question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so Instagram is evil. <laughs> we we all know that, right? Yes, it is. Isn't Instagram a weird fucking place, though? I like decided that Instagram was going to be my thing last year, and like mm-hmm. worked super hard to get two thousand followers. <laughs> Thank you, all of my Instagram supporters. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Um, I got really pissed off at like watching. Uh, a lot of like you know super famous Instagram people and wondering how they how yeah how did they do that and like how, like I just didn't understand a lot of the content and why mm. they were so popular. They are the devil's offspring. That's why. Ugh. Old so, eggs. Hmm. Old eggs. Old <laughs> eggs. Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Nice callback. Um, but then I discovered like. Uh, that I could follow all kinds of people on Instagram. So mm-hmm. my, the people that influence me the most are women that are uh, testing boundaries mm-hmm. of all kinds. It's like I follow a, a pole dancer, shout out Sammy Picone, who's like just an amazing dancer. Like, and I love her, how she makes pole dancing look like this elegant, like centuries old like craft i i like watching uh american gymnasts who you know were a part of the gold medal team and watching this uh other girl like i want to see women that are ballet dancers astronauts i want to see um malala and i want to see like i follow a an instagram person a girl i always forget her name but she has a beard and she just like 
you know, has one of those conditions where you grow facial hair as a yeah. female. And she just started rocking it and was like, fuck it. Follow a lot of body positive Instagram. Uh, shout out body poisy panda. <laughs> and I, so I, I just like stopped trying to find what was popular and just wanted to find women that were like, you know, doing things that we're not supposed to do or that we're not supposed to do that well. Female soccer players, for instance, mm. who are fucking kick ass yeah, right they now are. in Sweden and in America. Fuck yeah. Um, I don't know. I just started getting excited about what women were accomplishing and like what we were able to do. I mean, before I was following, you know, Nicki Minaj and fucking, you know, Ariana Grande mm. and like just watching people look being perfect and looking fucking amazing and finding myself nowhere in that content, you know, and it's just, like poison. It, really, it made really, really me, yeah, it made me mm. feel poisoned. It made me feel like I would never fit into that world and that I didn't understand it and I didn't even want to be a part of it. I hate holding this phone up all the time. Like and I hated people knowing where I was all the time. It was like a weird relationship to have with social media mm. because the people that are really like Instagram famous and successful, they really let you into their lives, you know, and it becomes more personal than you think it does, you know? And so I don't, I don't know. Um, female idols, Ella Fitzgerald. Hmm. I, every, every moment of my life can be summed up in a, in a song sung by Ella Fitzgerald. And, Julie Andrews. Oh, yeah. Fuck the new Mary Poppins. I said it. <laughs> oh, I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. I went and saw it. Okay. It was it was all right. It was all right. But it wasn't was Julie. It wasn't Julie. It wasn't Julie. Um, but, yeah. So I don't know. Women, women that show compassion, that mm. share love, that, I don't know, that just, like, to me are like, oh, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. I'm a huge fan as well. Mm. I really love... I mean, I'm crazy about her because she embodied funny sexiness. I mean, do you have you guys ever seen a Marilyn Monroe movie? Yeah, I've seen some like it hot. <gasps> good. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. That's mm -hmm. a great one. It's good. It's oh, really, really good. Great. And um, yeah, some like it hot. Seven Year Itch. Yeah. Bus Stop. Amazing performance in Bus Stop. Um, you know her whole story, right? I mean, she was trained by Lee Strasberg, right? Oh fuck, I gotta look that up. But she had, like, a whole acting thing. And, I mean, Marilyn was one of the first people who really, like, understood working in front of a camera mm. as opposed to working in theater. Yeah. Um, the movie My Week with Marilyn is about uh, Laurence Olivier's experience of trying to work with Marilyn yeah, Monroe. Yeah, I've that one. Yeah. Which is pretty fascinating um, to watch that, like, kind of thing go on. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel good about saying that. I mean, because there's nothing wrong with being popular or sexy or pretty i just couldn't find myself in it and i wanted to like be able to be inspired by women that were like super strong and could like do pull-ups and shit and like hope mm. that one day i could do pull-ups and yeah i don't know i just i just want to be a badass that can hang with the boys and make the money that they make like that's all i and i don't want to sound like that bitch who's just like money 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 but i want a dog you know <laughs> and i want to be able to like you know, just live a normal life. And we can't do that without making enough cash. Like, yeah. it's the harsh truth. But uh, I'm having, it's, and it's also, I don't know how you guys have relationships with your family and your parents about what you do. But 
it's been a struggle with my family to kind of understand and respect me about this. But I mean, last year, everyone looks at my social media accounts and just thinks like, you know, oh my God, she's crushing it. But, um, maybe they don't think that, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I hope that I can, I want to use social media the way that I see those other idols. And I can't really figure that out yet because I want to like be genuine with my opinions and I want to make statements, Mm. but I don't want to be a bitch about it. And I don't want to be self-centered and I don't want to like do things just because you want the views, you know, and that's like really complicated. Seriously thought last year that if I made enough followers, I could like have the acting career I wanted. Yep. That's very easy Mm. to think that. Um, Why wouldn't you? Yeah, because... Because what you see is, like, I actually had, like, my backup plan. This is mostly a joke, but seriously, one of my backup plans were, I'm just going to be in a soap. Yeah. I'm just going to be in Big big Brother. Yeah, in a reality TV show. Because if I am, and I'm, you know, popular enough or hot enough or have sex enough in front of the camera, I can do whatever I want then. Mm -hmm. Shit. And it's awful. (sighs) I don't want to be on Big Brother. No. But apparently you get recognition, and recognition is what matters. Ugh. I know. But uh, very. It's like you have to be famous world. to even do something in the movies or on yeah. stage. You have to be famous to, you know. Uh, it's, it's like, like the moment whole, 22. Yeah, and it's like the whole you have to have experience to get a job and to become experienced, you have yeah. to have a job. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Again, vicious cycle. Um, I feel a bit weird about this in Sweden as well, because I feel like, do you, okay, so question for you guys. I feel like that the, 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 like performance community in general in Sweden is like, yeah, obviously extremely difficult to get into, but that there's like an uh, overall aesthetic of what Swedish media is like that there's. When you get to that level where you're making money and performing in the best plays and being in the best movies, like, um, Leo and I were watching a bunch of, like, Swedish movies, actually. We'd start, like, the first 20 minutes, and then we'd be like, we can't take this anymore. (laughs) Turn it off. I mean, it's, like, the same people, Mm. and that you have to fit an aesthetic that works for the entire Swedish community. That means children, uh, old people, Mm. and everybody in between. And I think it's conservative and uh, difficult to make noise in that. Of course, there are these subcultures. Comedy is a subculture of like if you look at like Nisa Halberg or um, Carl Stanley. I mean, they uh, those guys are like, you know, really, really strong up and coming comedians that have a much different voice than being in the Swedish community. Mm. But so I, I feel a bit weird now living here because I still feel like I'm thinking internationally, but I live here and I still have to sell tickets to Swedish people. And I get like, I get scared that even if I experience success at my own, at my own place at a cosmic, that if I want more than that, if I want to be able to do a TV show or yeah, like do movies and stuff, I don't fit in that world of like the Swedish like media. But I also think that as a Swedish person, they must struggle like thinking, you know, how am I going to fit into the Swedish like, you know, do you know what I mean? Am I being crazy about this? I think so. I feel like I've, 
I hear what you're saying, and I feel like I've always related that to Sweden being too small. Mm. Yeah. It's so small. Yeah. There's and that's not... why they hire the same people. Yeah. But also that's why no n- new people get, get in. The, yeah, they don't get the opportunity. Yeah. You just have to be born by born by score score. Yes. Yeah, or, or Valgren. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it's possible, all this stuff that I was talking about, you know, bringing female comedians, like more female comedians and like having a broader audience in Sweden? I mean, I'm struggling marketing to people. I need to get people's attention and I need people to believe in it. And I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Yeah, like I feel I feel like there's this like if you want to experience more success and if you want to reach out to people, like I feel like I'm going to hit a cap at some point where they're like no, she's American or like no, she's not going to fit into this like Melody Festival and like kind of world, mm, the logom world. Yes. yes mm. But yes, because that rules. Mm. That rules. I mean, mm. I think in Sweden it does. Yeah, it's so very... that's what I want to know from you guys. <laughs> no, but it's very interesting because I feel like um we have room for a certain amount of of crazy out of the box thinking people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mia Schäringer right now. Mm-hmm. She's killing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's been I mean she's been killing it for a long time, but mm. she's some sort of a peak right now. Yeah. Um and But she also has the the ability to peak now because yes. she made the groundwork. Exactly. And she but she still has haters. Yeah, and, she does, of course. But I mean so we have room for her being edgy, being out there um, super feminist, mm-hmm. but we can't have too many of her because that's just right. too much. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no right. room. Yes. For... So if you, I feel like if you, um, if you go, if you are able to go through that like needle hole, hole and and you know push through, mm-hmm. if you get through that, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But if you're still pushing through the needle hole, you're it's going to be hard. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely possible, but I feel what you're saying that Sweden is. We're small in mm. every aspect. Mm. But it feels weird, doesn't it? Because I like living in Sweden feels different than me looking at it from an outside perspective. Because a lot of companies were started here. Spotify, mm-hmm. Skype is a co-owned uh, Swedish company and started by Swede and a Czech guy, I think. And uh, there's tons of music artists. I mean, Sarah Larson is a huge yeah. international success, yeah. super young. And then you have all of these Swedish actors. I mean, the Scorsgård family, Alicia Vakander, and, you know, mm. maybe two or three other, like, Swedish actors and actresses that belong to the Hollywood industry. Yeah. So, I mean, there's – it's like that when the success gets to that point, then they leave Sweden. And I, like, feel weird about this because I don't think that – L.A. is going to be the big hub for that much longer. I mean, Netflix has proven that they are God now. And if we want to, anything can be filmed anywhere in the world. I mean, you see people making films uh, with very, like, low amounts of equipment and low staff. I mean, you you can create so much more than you could 10 years ago, you know. So I think that... It's not going to be so much of, like, a hub. I, I, it'll always be there, but I, I don't think that it's going to rule the world anymore. I think it's just going to be about who comes up with the freshest shit. Because Hollywood is old and fucking tired as fuck. Like, I cannot believe they're remaking fucking Lion King. What the fuck? How many... Ugh! They're like, let's remake Mary Poppins. Let's remake Spider-Man. Let's do the Avengers again. Can we see a little (laughs) bit more of Mary Poppins? Why not? Like, it's just, what the fuck? Like, I I feel like there are so many, what, how many Robin Hoods do we need? They're the same. I'm sorry. 
just gets so mad. It's male perspective stories told the exact same way over mm. and over and over again. I'm bored. I'm exhausted. Like, someone give me some fresh shit. And most of the good stuff that has come out have been international shows mm. that have international actors and international writers on them. So I, I like, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fully respect and appreciate all of the people I've worked with. <laughs> no. um, I Do you see what I mean, though? Like, I just, I don't, I am hoping that all of this shit that I'm talking right now will come to fruition in a few years when Stockholm is brave enough to put some of its very talented um, directors and mm. cinematographers to really good use and make some amazing fucking work here because it has been done before. Mm. I ne I'll never forget the first time that I saw a girl with a dragon tattoo. I was in LA when I saw it. My I was dating Leo at that time and he was like, we have to see a Swedish movie. <laughs> and I was like, ew, gross subtitles. Uh, <laughs> like, <no. laughs> and, I mean, that movie blew me away. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the performance, the performances were legendary and the story was so riveting. I mean, it was like scary. It was like in some moments a little funny. It was awkward. It was exciting. It was like a whole new world of me going, oh my God, there's other filmmakers out yeah. there. Like other people are doing much more daring things. Yeah. I mean, where they were discussing really hard topics and giving really hard answers. Mm. I mean, she gets raped and yeah. she fucking rapes him back. When the fuck does that happen in Hollywood? Like when was the last time anybody... It's being censored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have one last question. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have a tip of the day? Mm -hmm. Some something you want to recommend? Doesn't have to be um, within showbiz. It could be anything at all. Ooh, don't like cutting onions. Me neither. Well, <laughs> for <laughs> this, this is if a, you want to, the voice actors coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This is a commercial, everybody. Oh God. Um. Okay. Hack. Uh, this is my tip of the day. Um. In. People have given me some shit sometimes for cooking with frozen food, but hey, it's cooking on a budget and you can cook some really good stuff with frozen food. Of course. You want to make shit easier on yourself and not cut any onions in Ika and Coop everywhere. They have bags of chopped onions in the frozen section and those are time savers like you have no fucking idea. I love that shit. It's awesome. You just dump the onions in there. No more tears. No more smelly fingers. Well, revolutionary blew tip. my mind. Thanks. I'm so glad I thought of yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for letting me blab my ass off. Oh, <laughs> we love our it. Our pleasure. Yes, and we have a tip of the day as well. Yeah, we do. Yes. Film cafe. Film cafe. It's weird switching to Swedish now. I yeah, like. uh, I have to think actually. Um, yes, but you can find the uh, work. Yes, the jättebra säger Kathy. Och du går ju också att hitta jobb även för engelsktalande. Absolut. På, på filmkaffe. Gud ja. Okay. Så bli medlemmar där. Mm. Mm. Eh, undrar ni över något eller vill komma i kontakt med oss på något sätt så maila oss på bakomridanpodcast@gmail.com eller skriv på Messenger. Yes. Vi hörs nästa vecka. Det gör vi. Tack Hejdå. så mycket.